0: So you gotta know, first service, this was fun. I went back and I grabbed the mic and came up here. Just before it started, I I took it and I turned it on and the little light didn't come on. So guess what that means? That means that when I opened it up, my electrician guy knows he's nodding his head. (laughs) There actually were no batteries. And I thought, well, maybe I'm not supposed to preach. Um, No, but they fixed me up, which we appreciate. Sometimes, you guys, we try to go through life without any batteries. And sometimes we need to be recharged. These are rechargeables. And so we come on Sunday morning hoping to get recharged. So welcome today. We're going to talk about something. It's called the second book of Acts. Did you guess somebody, I said, that's my title. And they go, I haven't ever read that one. And I go, yeah, it's not in there yet. We're writing it. We're writing that book because it's often called the Acts of the Apostles, right? And what God did in that first beginning of the church. And so today we're going to talk about the church and what God is doing as he continues to write A story. As Bill was teaching last week, he said, you know, when he shared this story of his daughter and how she was in the accident. And if you weren't here, it's worth listening to. But he goes, he says, people need to understand those aren't just stories, those are real events in life. And so God is still writing the story. And that's what we're going to talk about today. part two, what's my part in the story? And so the the question is going to be what's your part in the story? And it's going to be an open book test. Do this. In the seat in front of you, there is a connection card. Everybody stop. Reach forward. Grab a connection card. You can grab one for him if his hand's busy. It's okay. Everybody has one. Listen. We can wait. It's okay. And you'll want a writing utensil or a pen. So take this connection card. We're going to talk about the next step. That's our goal today. If you were around a few years ago at Majestic, that was our theme for the year was the next step. We're as a church, individually we're going to call people to take the next step. And so today we're going to talk about what's the next step. I'm going to ask you at the end. Here's what triggered this. Two weeks ago, how many of you were here second service two weeks ago when we had the two baptisms? Anybody? Because I mentioned this on Thursday to our small group that gets together and drinks coffee and tells stories and actually looks at scripture over at May's Coffee Shop. And one of the guys goes, I wasn't there. And he didn't have the context then. It's like, you won't even know what I'm talking about. But there were some baptisms. If you were here you have been to a baptism, if you're visiting today, it's okay, if this is family, but how many guys have been to a baptism at Majestic? They always wear a what? A, somebody said it, the next step t-shirt looks like this. It says, I took the next step. This one's mine, not when I got baptized here, I had the privilege of baptizing my son, who at this point is not walking with Scott, I said, I want to challenge everybody to take the next step, whatever that step is in their life. He goes, well, you can't use my t-shirt. And I said, okay. <laughs> so we're going to come up with a t-shirt and it's going to have a little footprint. It's going to have Majestic Baptist Church on it. This this is with Scott's permission. I just, before I spend thousands of dollars on t-shirts for everybody, okay. He said, yes. So we're going to ask you to suit up. Your boy plays football. I think both of them do, probably and you want them to suit up and get in the game, I'm going to ask you guys to commit to what's your next step. And if I'm going to order a T-shirt, I love you guys. My wife goes, wow, they wear the same color shirts every Sunday. Was it different last Sunday? Was there one Sunday where they didn't match? Because I thought, are they mad at each other? No, anyway, it's okay. I wasn't, but my wife has noticed, and it's really cool. We just celebrated our 40th anniversary a week and a half ago, right? We rock. Okay. She's put up with a lot. Okay, no, anyway, but um, well, what's really funny is she had surgery that week, so we won't even talk about it. We didn't get to dance, and we didn't do it. She's in a, a, a boot on her foot, right? So we'll talk about it in a second. But we're going to talk about what's your next step. I'm going to have you write it down on the card, so you want to put your name on it. And I need to know your t shirt side. If you're willing to commit to taking the next step, we want to get you a shirt so you can suit up and be in the game. Everybody with me? So I'm just telling you that ahead of time. Make sure you have a a connection card because we want to connect with you over this story. So that's what's going on with today. So that's the book of Acts and everything else. Um, So I'm piggybacking on what Pastor Scott's sermon was two weeks ago. It was Romans chapter 16. He was talking about when Paul wrote and he mentioned all of these names that I won't even try to pronounce. So we mentioned all these names, and then the closing question and the challenge two weeks ago is: What would your pastor say about you if he was writing the letter? Because Paul was a great encourager. And so, how many guys have ever watched *The Little House on the Prairie*? Anybody? How many read the book? Have you read the book? Okay. I mean, like our daughter Jillian, if you don't know her, she's 16, Down syndrome. But uh, we're, uh, I think it's at least the second, if not the third time we going through Little House on the Prairie because she really connects with them. It's fun. How many you guys read Lord of the Rings? Or I'm a Louis Lamore fan. Okay. If you like country, what? No, it's okay. <laughs> Nobody raised their hand for that one. Okay, Louis Lamar writes Western books. Okay, But there's more than one. And so today you've got 1st and 2nd Corinthians. We're going to talk about second book. You're writing it. The little kid song, I thought it was amazing what God did. On the fruit of the Spirit, right? And it was cool. What was the name of the first song? I didn't get the name. No, but the first song. The Lord's Prayer right But it's just talking about Father, your will be done. That's what the next step is. All the next step is, is Father, let your will be done in my life today. Okay? So, See, my slides don't match my sermon notes. Find the find the graph. Find the graph first, because it's at the end. Because I sent it to Todd late last night. So, two weeks ago in Sunday school, I, I, I get the privilege of teaching the middle school boys, and your son still hasn't come to class yet. But he can come. Okay, he's invited. So, did you guys, anybody here good at graphing and math? And I'm not. I grew up in Arkansas. It's okay. So. Louisiana. No, and again, downstream from Arkansas. It's a kid. So your father-in-law helped me with this, really. It's like if you have a graph, you guys, and this one doesn't show up. Well, I tried to draw one by hand, but then I couldn't get it on a PowerPoint because I'm not any good at this stuff. But A graph, you have these two lines across, right? And in the middle, there's a little center. Where's the buses? Are they still there? Nope. So Colton looks at me and goes, yeah, that's the origin. I'm going, oh, good. I'm glad somebody knew. So center of the graph. And this one doesn't have a center. It doesn't have the both lines. But the goal in your spiritual walk, when it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, but I can't say it as fast as that song. I could not keep up. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. How are you doing? Is your tra- trajectory, four syllables, I can't do this. What's the trajectory of your life and your walk with the Lord right now? Is it increasing? One of the guys on Thursday morning, he goes, you know, he says, I'm flatline. So what's your next step? That's what we're going to talk about today, okay? So for some of you, you're a non-believer. So if you've got your graph with the two points, if this is zero, you may be over here and you're not even at zero yet. You have not made that confession or that profession of faith to believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior that you need in your life. That's okay. We're glad you're here. Seriously. young man that came last week. He happened to sit on the back row with us and our four kids and quite courageous of him. He was just hiding on the back row, which I get it. Okay. But if you're sitting by our kids, that's a challenge. His name's Josh. Josh is from Tennessee. And I said, Josh, how'd you get here? he goes, I just felt the Lord speaking to me. I said, I haven't been to church since I step maybe to get to zero right for some of you guys i mean you could be what we call a not yet believer here okay i'm not there yet that's okay maybe your first step is just to believe and say i am a sinner i need a savior i am not perfect and i need forgiveness for some of you you really do need to take the next step and get baptized and you can get two shirts so you would get the gray one for committing I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands on this one. But you know, have I followed the Lord? Have I been obedient? Have I done what he asked me to do? Have I been baptized? If you have not, that could be your next step. That's just one example, okay? Another one is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Set us and the weights that hinder us. May not even be a sin. But what's holding you back? What's holding you back? And what do you need to do change? Okay? So, now we can catch up on my slides, alright? Some of you guys just need to stop. Everybody do this. This is sign language. This means what? Stop. This means stop. Some of your parents are going, yeah of you grandparents are going, yeah, I need this with my kids. No, anyway. Just stop. Some of you are doing too much. Some of you have too much on your plate and you're feeling overwhelmed. Do you want to write down a four-letter word? Write down busy. Some of us are too busy. We're doing too much and we need to just stop because we can't even hear. And so we need to stop. And some of you guys just need to have a timeout. Let me guess, any parents here that use timeouts? Any wives that use timeouts with your husband? No, okay, so, that's my house, all right? <laughs> my wife goes, you need to go take a nap, right? So, some of you just, there was a coach, this story I read this week, this young lady was playing on the court, and she had an attitude, not a good attitude. And he goes, she heard the buzzer, Subs <laughs> coming in she's coming out of the game he says you probably need to get comfortable on the bench you're going to be there for a while you ever had a coach pull you from the game not being funny i just i know your grandpa does we won't talk about that that's a different story okay so sorry i didn't mean to call you out once. all right but you guys sometimes god just needs to get our attention Is your next step. Some of you guys are walking where you need to be walking. You're in the right spot right now. You know, I've got some folks here that are taking care of a spouse that's wounded or needs healing or is struggling. There's a whole bunch going on. Gilbert did that for several years with Mary. Grateful for your example. So you may be walking in the right spot. You may be on the path. You may be doing the right next step. I don't know. We're all different. You guys okay with that? But I want you to ask, Lord, what's my next step? For some of you guys, it's just to stand firm, to keep doing what you're doing, to be faithful, and to be steadfast, all right? For some of you guys, it may be it's time for you to join a small group. Wife and I finally repented after about a decade, right? And we got re engaged with a small group last year. It has been life changing for us. Forced us to get a babysitter for our four kids with Down Center, all right? So we have a, a date, not a two hour workout, kids. It's way good. What does the Lord want you to do for your next step? Still got your communication card? somebody this week looked at me and they said, you know what? I won't be able to write that down after your 20-minute message. And I said, that's okay. I just want you to ask the question. I want you to ask the question. I want you to answer the question, but you don't have to do it today. I'm not here to guilt you into doing that, but I want you to take the next step. Whatever that is, take that next step, all right? It doesn't even have to be a majestic. (laughs) It doesn't. You guys, there are so many things that we as a church support. Mason ministries, the boastals who aren't here today, they do their medical ministry where they get medical supplies that are donated and they send them to Africa to other needy countries. He's done that for 20 years. He's built two big old pole barns in the back of his yard. I don't know how he got the license to do that, but he did. It's okay. And they're full of stuff. And that's what they do. CEF, Judy's here first service. And she works with one of the schools and does a child evangelism fellowship and teaches kids after school. Great next step. We're going to Juarez, 1st of October. As a church, you guys help support that. We'll go build a home for a single mom in Juarez. We'll never have a home. Could be your next step. If you don't have your passport, it's not your next step because you won't go. Okay. We do prison ministry. We support prison ministries. We have people that don't serve in the prisons. Dave Themster was in there this week with somebody. He shared part of the story. There's a homeless ministry in town that we support. The Caring and pregnancy we support. So if you are raising kids, not your own. That's your step. So what is your next step? Did I say it right? Have I asked it enough times? Has everybody got your communication card? About it, and I didn't do my job. Anymore. Okay, what's your next thing? We all have one. In the '70s, there was a book. It's not a spiritual book. It's actually incorrect. It was called Jonathan Livingston Seagull. But there was a great question in it. It said, "There is a way to tell if your mission on Earth is finished. <laughs> if you're alive, it isn't." Billy well, Bosley. you're doing every day faithfully and choosing to live with joy. We don't know, you guys. There's a song called Live Like You Were Dying. I love it. It's one of my favorites. And then I want you to do this. It's one of my favorite verses. And I actually have this slide for it. It's Isaiah 6 8. How many of you guys ever played Red Rover? Anybody play Red Rover? See, so when I was little in grade school in Arkansas, we would play Red Rover. And I was always picked last because I was slow. I was the chubby kid, right? I could usually break through the line. But how many guys, I love Isaiah 6 8. And I heard the voice of the Lord say, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And here's Isaiah. Anybody here ever pick sides for a team or a game or something, right? I mean, you pick sides, right? And Isaiah's going, pick me! Pick me! Pick me! I want to go! That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to say yes. Everybody do this. Put your hand up. Sign language again. Little fist. This means what? That's yes. 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 That's what God wants. He wants us to say yes. He wants us to obey. What's he asking you to do? What's your next step? Okay? I mean, I just I get so fascinated with that simple little verse. <laughs> Here I am. Send me. I'll go. I'll go. Unlike my son, you know, who got transferred from Rapid City, South Dakota to Florida with the army. He goes, Dad, would you drive the U Haul down? He goes, I'll bring it down to Pueblo from Rapid City. And then he and his wife got to drive in the Camry, and I drive the little U-Haul. And I jumped in it. This was back in May. And I go, where's the cruise control? He goes, oh, they forgot to tell me there's not one. <laughs> Sorry, that's a long story. It has nothing to do with the message. But sometimes you get ball and told and ball for everybody else, all right? Send me, Lord. Send me. So then our verse today, what we're really going to preach on. Everybody go to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2 to be in the book besides Isaiah. So here's what Mark chapter 2 says. We'll start with verse 1. Hey, has anybody here ever noticed where Pastor Scott parks his car in the parking lot? How many of you know where Pastor Scott parks his car? It's in the very, very, very far corner, right? As a servant, he does that. Read with me here. So, Jesus, verse 1 says, When he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So, he had come back. I'm not sure why it says Capernaum was his home. How many of you guys live in Pueblo? So, how many of you live in Pueblo West? How many of you, when people go, Where are you from? I mean, I say Pueblo because they don't know that there's a Pueblo West. How many of you guys say Pueblo West because you don't want them to think you're from Pueblo, right? No, it's okay. It's Pewtown. My wife grew up in Colorado. When we moved here 25 years ago, it was like anywhere but Pueblo, right? It's, it's a Colorado thing about Pewtown. Seriously. I've got a guy that I work with. He's up in Falcon and he's going, oh, man. He says, I'm from there, Johnny. He says, but they just need to hire more policemen. <laughs> right? So understand, but this, he's from Capernaum. He came home. Look at verse 2. It says, and many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. It's like Pastor Scott. The reason he parks over there is he wants to fill up the parking lot. I and mean, he can't do that by himself. He can't do that by himself. Can you imagine this room packed out? Standing room only? I mean, my son's a fireman here. So, we break the fire code. They'd have to come get us. It's okay. It is packed out. Standing alone. There's no room at the door. Can you imagine that even? That's, I, I can't. I, seriously, I, I apologize. I'm calling myself out. So, today, I printed the wrong sermon. Did you guys ever make mistakes? Yeah. So, I printed the wrong message out. And I got here at 745, and I start to hand it to Teresa, and I go, that's the wrong one that's the old one before i corrected it <laughs> but i printed the wrong one and so i had to run back home and lo and behold i had some neighbors that live two doors down scott and wendy i've lived by them for 10 years they're out walking their dog and i drive by them and i wave if i ever had a spiritual conversation with them everybody say no it was a great way for the lord to one of my customers you guys it's somebody i work with and i'm not willing to have a conversation like that for things that matter for eternity that's pretty interesting so i'm not just calling you out today i was going okay what's my next step? so the 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 room is packed it's full now to find the harry s truman quote it's uh, i think it's the second or third one some of you are young enough to remember this, but there was a guy named Harry S. He was president back in the day, and he had this quote, and you've probably heard it. It's, it's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. It's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care. If you're just serving, if you're just doing the work, a lot can get done, right? So it ties into the story. Go back to verse 3. It says, He's preaching the word to them, can't get in the room, it's packed out. And they came. Does anybody know who the they is? We don't know. And they came. There's four guys bringing to Jesus a paralytic carried by four men. So they got a cot. There's four guys, one on each corner. They're carrying the cot. And when they could not get up near him because of the crowd, it's packed room, right? Because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. show up, carts full, they my wife we were talking about this message this week and she goes stairs. We assume they, I assume they went up the stairs. They probably had an outside stairway. I can't imagine they scaled the wall carrying a cot, right? But they take the guy in the cot and they get on top of the roof. And you know what they do? House is full. All these people are down there. They start ripping the roof off. When I go to Juarez, that's my favorite part. I'm really good at demolition. I am not good at fixing things or building things or anything like that. It's not my skill set. But I can knock down things, right? It's good. So they start ripping up the roof. If you're in the bro and somebody starts tearing up the roof, and they're going to make a hole big enough to put a cot through. Guess what's going to get all over your head? A mess. Dust, stuff, right? So the people in the room are probably a little irritated, and they I'm sure they had a few words <laughs> for the people in the room, but the people in the room were determined to push through. They're going to get their friend to Jesus, regardless of what it takes. And so they're doing that. And then when they made the opening, they let down the bed, And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, God's love for us. Making sense? What's your next step? That's the question. That at the end of the day, we're gonna ask you there. Let's keep reading. they tore the rest off. I love that part. Okay. Now, this is the religious people. Some of the scribes were sitting there. It's Mark chapter two, now we're verse six. Some of the scribes are sitting there, questioning in their hearts. All right? We have the next slide there they were questioning in their hearts or within themselves and they said to them but jesus hears it right he goes, why does this man speak like this it's blasphemy who can forgive sins but god alone and jesus is god this is fascinating jesus heard and they were questioning him and he said to them so why do you question these things in your hearts he goes which is easier this is fascinating, the little paradox. Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Because I don't have to show you anything, right? I'll just tell you you're forgiven. So which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk? Now, which is easier to do? You're forgiven. But to have this paralytic that it took four men on the cot to carry him in and lower him through the roof, to look at him and say, dude, stand up. Pick up your bed. <laughs> Go home. That's what he said. And he did it immediately. He took the next step. Sometimes we don't respond immediately. But he did. Some of you parents are going, I need this message for my kids, right? They picked up their bed or they made their bed. No, anyway, okay, that's another story too. I can empathize. I really can with these poor guys. I don't think we told you this one, but it was 10 days ago on a Tuesday. My wife's foot was messed up. She had big toe surgery, right? So they went in and straightened it out, and they put a plate on there. And she gets to wear one of those really nice-looking big black boots for six weeks. And we still have four kids at home. And she's supposed to be non-weight-bearing. So I reached out to Kay Corbo, our church secretary, and I said, Kay, do you know anybody that's got a walker? And I got a walker. And it was one of those walkers. And Amy goes, that's not what I want. <laughs> but it helped for the first day, right? And then somebody else goes, Well, we have one of those walkers with a seat. And it was better. She could put her knee on it and hold the boot up. And Amazon loves our house, right? It's like, seriously, the driver just, he's part of our family now at this point. But it's a knee scooter it's a knee scooter it's got four little wheels, it's like a little guard it's really fun, the instructions say do not use this for popping wheelies or doing. it's really fun, seriously they did so she ordered her knee scooter it came in the next day, of course, right I got to put it together again, I'm not talented, but we got it together I only had one part left over, I'm going, I don't know where they go So it still works, nothing fell off she's been good so she got her knee scooter now she's mobile it's way good Bed and what, but that means I got promoted to caregiver, to cook, to making sure kids take showers. You know, I'm washing some of the girls' hair in the sink, right? Because dad's not going to give them a shower. Um, It's just fun making sure they're fed, Make sure they get to bed. (laughs) So I can empathize with the four guys carrying the cot. I just want you—that's all I'm telling you. I'm not asking for sympathy. Now. In the middle of serving my wife and my family, do you guys think I've messed up at all in the last 10 days? Everybody say yes. Somebody said yes way too quick, but it was a yes, okay? I, it's hard, man. It's hard. I keep praying. Somebody goes, every day they send me to pray. You know who it is. He goes, i got to pray for you. I said, Pray that I serve my wife well and I take good care of my family and I do it with the right attitude. Because one day I messed up really bad upset my wife she goes hey I'm sorry I got upset Name. I love that part. Of it. This guy goes, Who are you going to preach about? I said, Nobody. No name. We don't know who it was, but they cared enough to bring their friend to Jesus. And most of us are not going to have our name written down anywhere. We're not going to be famous in history or something. There, there was a quote this week. There's a guy named Richard Blackaby who wrote a book called, several of them, one of them was Intimacy with God. And he goes, History is not a chronicle of great people. It is the account of a great God who accomplishes his purposes through frail, unreliable, mortal men and women. In every generation, this is that second book of Acts that we are in the middle of writing, with the help of the Holy Spirit working through us. In every generation, God looks for those prepared to serve him with all of their hearts, to cling to his word, and to honor him in word. We are ruled by God the Father. There are no decisions to make. There's only instructions to obey. If you want to know the will of God, open up God's word, okay? In fact, do this. If you have a bulletin, you'll have one of these inside. I got this this week. My son's plugged in with some Navigator guys. There's a guy that trained me years ago with some Navigators. And he sent this this week. We tell you to read God's word. You guys you have ever done Awanas? I know they've asked you this already. At Awanas they always had the kids memorize what? Scripture. And verses. That's right. They got it. When is the last time that you memorized a verse? Okay. Good job. My 8th grade, well 6th, 7th grade. My, my middle school boys right? Uh, I've got 10 of them. Pray for me. I haven't killed anybody yet. It's good. So, but I asked him three weeks ago, I said, you, we were in Romans chapter 12. It says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, and pleasing God. Do not be conformed to the world. But be transformed by renewing your mind that you may know what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So out of my ten, I said, I'm, I'm going to bribe you. So I gave them, I only had to pay two people off. Because eight of them didn't do it. When is the last time you memorize Scripture? When is the last time you reviewed a verse that you already memorized other than John 3.16? Okay? Not that that's a bad verse. But are you renewing your mind? Are you transforming yourself? Are you saying, Yes, or well, what's my next step? Maybe it's like Miss English over here. We moved back to Colorado. Scott's not here, and you can go get surprised at first. something. If you guys don't, her, her dad was our, one of our youth pastors for years. The military decided to be here. We're grateful. Thanks. Welcome home. So, what's your next step? That's it. The Christian life is not about me living for Jesus. It's about Jesus living.